Hey, welcome to The Conversation. This is Andy Mason, and you're listening to authentic conversations around the messy intersection of faith, family, and business. And this is Lessons from the Road. We are currently into day three of driving from the West Coast to the East Coast, from Redding, California to Pennsylvania. And right now we're driving along the bottom of South Dakota. It is green. Uh, It is green everywhere. It is beautiful. Uh, We have not seen any buffalo. Uh, We didn't go through the Badlands, but we did see them in the distance. Beautiful hills. There is some fantastic scenery. So uh, we are traveling in a convoy. There's two vehicles. My wife is driving our van, a Toyota Sienna, and I'm driving an F-150 truck. It's a 2004. It's a wonderful vehicle and definitely American. And definitely uses gas. I'm watching that mile gauge. Oh my gosh, my wife fills up half as much gas as what I do. So we're learning a ton of the things along the way. One of them is that in the Midwest, every gas station seems to have showers as well. I guess that's because you can live on the roads out here. There's so much driving that can be done. But uh, what we're doing is I'm driving one vehicle. Janine is driving the other Uh, They're loaded up. There is a truck with our moving furniture somewhere in the States right now. Uh, Our oldest, Hannah, she's actually going to be flying over uh, because she doesn't do driving so well. So she's going to fly over and meet us in a couple days' time. Once we get there, we'll pick her up. And uh, we have three dogs. Um, Now, here's what not to do for you. I'm sure you'd never do this. But uh, when we worked out what it would cost to get the dogs either uh, flown from one country, one side of the country to the other or driven or looking at our different options and it was not an option. Just don't argue with me. It was not an option to drive them across with us. So uh, we looked at the different things and we worked out how much it costs. I kind of like, really? We could buy three dogs for that? And that comment didn't go down very well. That would be like uh, getting selling one of your children. So just if you listen to this, don't even go there. Just don't go there. But uh, what we're doing is we're switching up driving with the kids. We've got uh, Emily with us. Uh, she's 19. We've got Ben. He's 18. So two drivers in addition to Janine and I. And then Holly. She's 15. Not driving yet, but certainly wonderful company. So we're switching that around. And currently, I have Emily in the truck with me. We're driving along at approximately let's tell you the speed limit the speed limit is 80 miles an hour so we're traveling just a little bit over that as we're driving pretty much a straight line from rapid city to we're going to stop off in sioux falls uh probably for an ice cream just don't tell anybody ice cream by the sioux falls which is uh, a little bit over halfway i understand so we actually might just do something special uh just have communion just a significant trip for the family we're having a lot of fun but i got emily with me and we were just talking about some things that we're learning along the way uh, some of them fun some of them serious and so here's a couple of lessons and then i've got a one that i'm learning and a challenge that is going with it that could be completely derailing my entire trip if i didn't anchor and i'm going to give you the keys to that and after you hear from emily so emily what's what have you been learning So number one, I've been learning that our family can turn anything into a competition. My brother Ben got us five Sudoku books and assigned point values to each of the different levels of how hard it is. 
and for the next 24 hours nobody would really be talking to the drivers they would not be doing anything else except for doing these sudokus but it took all of the fun out of it so much so that mum then banned the game and said nope doesn't exist anymore you can still do sudokus but you cannot assign the point values to them so that's what I've been learning so point number one is you can turn anything into fun into fun with a little bit of competition and that is certainly uh, lunchtime today uh, that looked like jumping uh, finding a park we stopped and Ben immediately headed to what's that thing called that round thing we've been calling it the wheel of death but it's not <laughs> it's a thing that you jump on on a children's playground and you spin it around and it goes really really fast you can jump on and he called it the wheel of death four of us jumped on and we were experimenting with if you stay wide uh, does it slow down if you move into the center does it go faster so uh, nobody died yeah <laughs> so point number one have fun yeah <laughs> add some competition to life it's yes. really cool point number two point number two is that I can be content just watching the scenery and jamming out to music with my dad and my siblings and just listening to the wacky playlist that we've created so point number two is be content with where you are that sounds cool and favorite song with dad uh life is a highway because it keeps reminding it keeps reminding me of the movie cars (laughs) yeah it almost looked like we went through cars yeah exactly yeah so different cities okay so so you can be content in everything i don't have to have my phone i don't have to have a tv i can actually just have fun in the middle of anything and just make everything crazy so one i can add competition yeah uh, and, and to make life fun even if it's just not overly serious but you can have some fun in that number two being content uh, and add some just anything can be crazy oh, yeah. and you can make it content it brings this contentedness to life what's the third thing you're learning just be happy with where you are at I think more than anything we've learned to go along with the process of we're going to stop in this city or pick up something from the supermarket for lunch it really doesn't matter if I'm sitting in the front seat, if I'm in the truck or in the van. It doesn't mean if it doesn't matter if I'm driving or sitting in the passenger seat. It just matters that I'm with my family and enjoying the process. So I think that one probably ties into the biggest lesson that I'm learning is uh, Emily asked me the question, um, "What are you thinking?" And and I was thinking at the time, uh, once I get our furniture into a new house then I better relax and I caught myself and realized actually why can't I relax now and realized that I had set an expectation on myself that once this is done then I can once this is done then I can and that's going to rob me of the joy and the journey it's going to rob me from being present so here's what's spun spun the works or spun some anxiety into this process Uh, we've got a houseload of furniture books and more books like this is what happens when you have a family that are readers uh, we've got so many boxes of books it's like we've got our own library it's crazy his child including Ben yes. and so anyway there's there's a bunch of stuff and so working out how we're going to move that across the country this is what it looked like and then I'll tell you what happened so uh, option one we were going to get a truck that comes in drops off a trailer and you get three days to fill it up it drives across 
and uh, then you get three days to unpack it. And obviously that's not going to work if we don't have a location to go to unless you can tie it to some storage facility somewhere along the way or unpack it yourself and, and then go from there. That was going to be $12,000. Uh, option number two, a U-Haul truck. Smaller truck, it's a 26-foot vehicle. Uh, and we called and found out that that would cost $9,600 just for the vehicle. And then on top of that, you're probably looking at 3,000 miles divided by about 10, so it's 300 gallons of fuel at five. It's probably another $1,500 at least gallon, dollars uh, of, to get across. And that cramps your style and what you do, how you do it, and so on. But gives you control and flexibility. Uh, option number three, I was looking at a moving company. What would that cost? So I was looking up a bunch of different ones, uh, looking for some estimates. And one of these companies calls back. And this sweet lady on the phone just walked me through. What have you got? So I literally walked through the list that Janine and I made of all the things in the house. Uh, literally all the furniture and then we estimated the number of boxes boxes being all the other stuff that you have uh, the books the if you've got a business it's a lots of the business um, documents that you have to keep uh, anyway adds up it's like about 40 boxes she comes through it's gonna be about eight thousand dollars they pack it they pick it up, they ship it across the country, and you get 30 days free. I'm like, dang, that sounds... Even if it's a chunk more than that, maybe it's going to be $10,000. It's it's That's that's a good deal. This is going to make it easier. Check in with Janine. She's like, let's just do it. So we pay the deposit. Next step in the process, about a week out, they call you and get an update on the estimated amount of uh items that you have so now we've got a much more detailed list and a lot more boxes and went from like 40 estimated boxes to about 180 so our cubic footage went from it went up it went up from a thousand to 1700 cubic feet and that went from 8,000 to now 14,000 I'm starting to choke a little bit but it's like okay no they're not messing with us they were not entirely disclosing in the process up front because they know this happens sometimes it doubles for people but uh, they don't tell you that when you pay the deposit and then thirdly the truck turns up on Saturday and two U-Haul trucks drive in we're like what? U-Haul trucks? are they going to drive across the country? so there was some lack of communication from the company and I'm not going to tell you the company but I am going to process post a review that will detail exactly what happens. Hey, beware, this is not fully disclosed process. Well, they turn up and um, they give me a new contract, which is basically you use, you don't just pay for the items that you've got that's been pre-calculated, you pay for the amount of space that you use in the truck. And these guys are the ones that pack it. So bottom line is it came down to they said, we've filled both trucks. See, look, we've filled them. And now that's going to be, are you ready for this? $22,000. Started at $8,000. Now it's $22,000 and all our stuff is on two trucks. I'm choking. I got this knot in my stomach thinking, oh my gosh, this is crazy. I said, hang on a moment. You told me it was a 20-footer and a 26-footer. He says, yeah, you can just check out the square footage online. We've filled them both. 
it's 3,000 square feet. Well, I look online and I see one truck's 1,016 cubic feet, according to U-Haul. The other's 17 or just a bit below 1,700. That doesn't add up to 3,000. And so uh, I challenge him on that. He reluctantly uh, goes back, changes it, and it drops $2,000 off the price. But we're still at $20,000. I then call through to the company, and it turns out that it's not... Uh, $500 a month storage beyond 30 days it's actually 40 cents a cubic feet with this new company which is it's just got ridiculous so I've got like not not sleeping well the first night in that wondering what on earth have I just made a stupid mistake am I going to even be get my gear back is it am I, I feel like I'm being ransomed how do I navigate that so number one you got to fully disclose that to your family because that's $20,000 when we were expecting fourteen. dollars Number two, I'm telling anybody that I know very quickly, be very, very careful. Uh, the, the process is not fully outlaid. Uh, some of it is really fuzzy. Uh, thirdly, uh, how do I navigate that on a daily basis? So what I've been doing is reading Proverbs 3. This whole journey is a journey of trust for me. So this was not a surprise to God. And when I look at the problem, I get overwhelmed with the problem. But when I look at his face, he's not worried. He's not concerned. He's not even, uh, he's not even puzzled. Actually, this is not a surprise to him at all. So why, how do we navigate this? What do we do? And so in the middle of this, what I've done is camped in Proverbs 3. And Proverbs 3 has this wonderful passage which talks about trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And not only that does it do that, but it also has a cool verse that I'm going to tell you about. Okay, we've resumed recording because we had a sudden, hey, can we stop and change drivers? That was a text that came through from the other vehicle. But I was in the middle of telling you, I've got this massive knot in my stomach, anxiety, freaking out about cost and is it going to be higher and all the uncertainty and confusion and miscommunication in the process that seemed like it was intentional and how do I navigate that? And I was talking through that process. Do I need to challenge this? This is not fun. I've already confronted them once and saved $2,000 just on the spot. I'm thinking, this is crazy. You cannot charge me more space than what is even in the truck. And then you can't get upset about it when I challenge you on that. But then how do I navigate this with God? And looking in his face, he is secure. When I look at the problem, I get overwhelmed by the problem. But... The verse that jumped out at me was, there's a couple actually in, in Proverbs 3, and I've mentioned one already, but there's another one that says, don't pick a fight with someone who has not harmed you. And I'm like, well, they have harmed me. I'm still like, look at my bank account, look at this. And I had to go before the Lord and say, have they harmed me? And he's like, doesn't look like it to me. You haven't been harmed, Andy. I'm like, oh man, it feels like it. My ego has been harmed. Uh, my bank balance has been harmed. But God already took care of that because someone gave us some funds three months ago that I planned on used on to using on something else. But actually, it was earmarked for transition. Now, I imagined it be used for all sorts of other parts of the transition. But perhaps this is what it was for. It's already taken care of. They haven't harmed me. Have they harmed what God's given me? Yes. Well, that's God's issue. Secondly, is 
the Lord is my security and keeps my foot from being caught in a trap. So literally, the day, first day of driving, I just go back to that again. Ben, what was that scripture again? The Lord is my security. He keeps my foot from being caught in a trap. He keeps my foot from harm. So again and again and again, I'm locking in and trusting and keeping my eyes on Him. When I do that, oh, this is going to be okay. I don't have to wait until I get to Pennsylvania, get everything unloaded, get everything sorted out, get everything under control. I can actually trust Him now and be present with my kids, with my wife in the process. So I trust that that helps you. That's really this process of anchoring my life in the Word of God. I don't live by the bank balance, by the moving company, by the estimate alone, but by the Word, the voice of God, Matthew 4.4. It's true, it's real, and it's alive for me every day, even as I'm navigating, transitioning from one side of the country to the other. So we're in the middle of that. I am... As I'm processing that with you, I can get wound up by the cost and the dollars. This is ridiculous. And then I I keep remembering, it's like, but what about, we could have used that money for something else. And then I suddenly remember Judas. Remember the story with Jesus when this woman comes in and she breaks an alabaster jar of perfume over Jesus. That's expensive and costly. And Judas is the one that says, Oh man, what a waste of money. We could have used that money. We could have sold it and given it to the poor. And Jesus says something. He's not even worried about it. He's like, no, you're going to always have the poor. But right now, this is the thing that was the best thing. And her story is going to always be told. Now, Andy, just don't be like Judas. Trust God with the finance. Steward, be wise, confront uh, we're already working on that. I'm working on what I need to do. I'm going to make sure that people after me don't fall into this the same, but they're going to have their eyes wide open. But the Word of God is anchoring me. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on what you think you know, because you just don't know. You just don't know. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will direct your path. He's not afraid. He's not surprised. Keep your eyes on him, which is also Psalm 23. He prepares a tale before me in the presence of my enemies. So that's the conflict situation that you're facing. Are you going to stay facing that conflict situation or are you going to turn and face the Lord, the banqueting feast that he has before you, which looks like singing stupid, silly songs. Well, they're not stupid or silly with my daughter. Okay, some of them are. So we will sing loudly. Uh, we can, with my daughter. That's that's the feast that is in front of me. It's the sitting down and experiencing different foods as we drive across the United States. It's listening to an audio book with my son, or goofy stuff along the way, or being squeezed into a hotel room with all of us along the way, and just having fun in the process. I don't have to wait until a future date. I can have joy now. I can have peace now. So I just bless you in your process in every transition that you don't have to say, when I have transitioned, then I can. No, you can have that right now. Joy, hope, peace. It's all available. It's all to you. And you get anchored in the Word of God. When you do that, everything else will align. Day by day, He directs me in the way that I should go.